Welcome to War Room, the Hockey Podcast. This week is episode 61, or 62, sorry, we're on 62. Um, we're going to uh, discuss the introduction. Yesterday was the big reveal of the Seattle team, um, their name, their uniform, all that stuff. Um, but we're also going to discuss uh, kind of a hot topic uh, situation. Um, may or may not be a debate, but it's a hot topic situation on what the current flat cap situation due to COVID will mean for the expansion draft for Seattle next summer. Because again, remember, Seattle does not come into the league until uh, 21-22. That's their first season. So they are not com- they are not playing this coming year of 2021. It is 21-22, which, which will be their first season. Right. Um, so a little more than a year from now. But I think <clears throat> what what you were saying a bit ago is absolutely bang on about the the profile of players that's going to be available. Yeah. So we'll touch on that. Yeah. Um, real quick, I just want to say um, there's a part of me, and our favorite goalie will not like this, but there's a <laughs> there's a part of me that wants to see Edmonton succeed this in the playoffs. What they're doing for Colby Cave is special what they're doing for his family for his for his widow um that's meaningful that's special that's beyond the game right and so um if to see them be successful for colby for his family and for that city would be would be pretty cool now good on him for that yeah so i um it's nice personally Personally, I want, I'd love to see Colorado. Um, objectively, do I see Edmonton having a long run this year? Not necessarily, um, but from a um, feel-good standpoint, as good as you can feel given the circumstances uh, with his passing and all that. But from a feel-good, tug-on-the-heartstrings perspective, I'd love to see Edmonton, what Edmonton can do and how they carry Colby with them as as they do it. So from that perspective, um, good on Edmonton, good on the city, good on the organization. And um, I hope that they're able to translate into some success um, in the playoffs for Colby. Sure. And for themselves. So it it, it would be cool to see. So, yeah, I'd like to see that. I I like to see teams and, and, uh, communities do those kind of things because it's it is a it is a very small fraternity and it's nice to have people stop the game once in a while and and pay tribute and the best way to pay tribute to a guy like colby is to you know continue with the game and honor the game respect the game so good for them now we got a a quick um mention on social media from a listener um from john Leahy again um, he is the most active guy right now to interact with us. So we pre- he must not have much to do. I think he's I think he's uh, underemployed or something. I don't know. So again, but we appreciate it. We appreciate um, the engagement. Um, but uh, he said was he was not surprised to hear that Wisconsin um, had the most amount of alums in the NHL. Um, but he said it begs the question why there's no NHL team in Milwaukee. He feels he says the state gives great support for the other three major sports, um, and with Wisconsin, with uh, having the success 
um, with their alums translating to the professional game. Um, yeah, it's why a, Milwaukee has not at least been considered for a team in expansion. Now, let me say, let me preface it by saying that unfortunately, um, Seattle is the last for the foreseeable future of any right. expansion. Um, even a move to, to Quebec is not in the car. Unless a team relocates, and even then, a relocation to a place like even Quebec um, isn't really in the cards. So a place like Milwaukee probably wouldn't be either. But um, that doesn't explain it is a question to ponder, though, of, of the success in the sport they have with their other sports, their other teams. Um, why has Milwaukee not been considered? Uh, Small market for one. Yeah. Uh, not sure. I mean, you, you, you've got to have the ownership. Because I mean, How you know they, the city. You were you you visited I, there and worked there and yep. did all those things. So. It's it's a it's a great place in the regard that you were talking about. It's a it's a good sports town. Uh, they do support their teams around there, both college and pro. Uh, in that whole area, it's very proximate to uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, to Chicago, to St. Louis, Detroit how it is that they got passed over in the Nashville Dallas relocation, the Nashville expansion in some of those Midwest and, and Western conference teams over the last generation, how they got passed over. It's a, it's a pretty small market for the NHL. It's also um, they you know, you got to have the building. And so you got to have somebody who is willing to put up the building, put up the money and wait like Quebec did, like Winnipeg did, like Mark Chipman. Uh, put the building up, take a take a minor league franchise. And the Milwaukee Admirals were a great franchise. They've been good for uh, for the AHL for ever since I can remember. They still are. They're still a yep. good. They're, and you also have to look at it, too, um, yeah, from the perspective of not only the city, but anybody coming in willing to pay the price tag to, to have a team. Um, I think the in, price for Vegas was 550 million. Yeah. Price for Seattle went up to 650. Yep. Um, so Quebec, Milwaukee, any place like that, you'd have to guess would probably be 800. Yeah, or about, or somewhere around that number, 800 million or something like that. They, so it, it's a hefty price tag for a smaller market. The short version, the short answer to that question is, I don't think they ever asked. I, as far as I know, they never asked to have a team. And that's the first form is because the, the league doesn't step in and say, we want to put a team here. Right. They, they, they say we're expanding or we're having a team like it, like Atlanta relocate or like Winnipeg did when they moved to Arizona and put in bids for the places that you would want to have it. And then we, from a business perspective, will look at those markets as to where we see they, f- they fit. Right. And if Milwaukee didn't ask, then of course they're not going to be, they're not even going to be in the discussion. So. Here's the, here's the contrast. You probably were too young to remember when Jim Balsilli, who, who founded and was the he's CEO of uh, BlackBerry and they were doing great. He was a billionaire, probably you know, still is, but he went into Hamilton, Ontario, remodeled the old cops Coliseum, put a bunch of money into it and basically announced that he was going to buy a team. He was going to buy the Florida Panthers or somebody and relocate them to Hamilton. It doesn't work that way. 
the NHL, you know, you, you go to them and ask, you tell them you're interested. Here's my checkbook. Here's my building. Here's my ticket drive efforts. Here's what I'm going to do. Just like Vegas did, like Foley did in Vegas and, and, uh, Seattle did. He did it the other way. He, he went in and announced that he was just going to write a check to somebody and take a franchise. It doesn't work that and, way. And Bettman, to his credit, for the most part, he said, no, you're not. Yep. We don't do things that way. On the other hand, the contrast being Mark Chipman in Winnipeg, he went in and built the new rink and went to the NHL and said, I'm here. I'm ready. I've got a bazillion dollars and I've got a new building. We're all set to go. Let me know if there's anything I can do for you. In the meantime, he had the uh, the AHL franchise in Manitoba, and he sat on that he sat on that building with that AHL club for what eight ten years. And finally, the Atlanta Thrashers gave up, and uh, so that franchise is now in Winnipeg, as opposed to somebody moving to Hamilton, right. just because of the approach that the two guys took. Well, it's not just the approach, but it's also, for, it's one, it's two extremes, two ends of the spectrum, and it's both ends of the spectrum not working. There's the end of the spectrum of if you don't ask, you're definitely not even to be considered. <laughs> you don't get And then there's the other end of the spectrum where, where which doesn't work, as we just, we just said, that you, you don't just come in and basically strong arm and announce <laughs> that that's the way it's going to be. No. Um, but also, it's the same argument, though, that can be said about w- the women's game. The league, the league takes bids, if you will, for places to put a team, expansion, relocation, whatever. And what they do is they then take into consideration the market and the, the revenue they can have from it. And if there's no eyeballs and there's no revenue that they can get from it, they're they're not going to do it. And f- personal feelings aside, like like you with Arizona or different places, put those aside from an objective business standpoint. They de- they deemed that Arizona was a place that could have it, so they moved they moved Winnipeg. Right. Um, but the point is, revenue drives things, money drives things, and if a place if uh, if and they're not stupid for the lack of knowledge that Batman might have about hockey for what he and the people he insulates himself with are good at is business. And if they brilliant, if they so they'll go into a city like um, Seattle, mm-hmm. like Vegas, and they'll te- they'll they'll look around, they'll test it, they'll they'll test season ticket drives, they'll do this and that, and they'll see what kind of response they have, what kind of revenue they 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 could possibly get. And if a, a place isn't deemed a place that can bring in good revenue for, for the, the league, then they won't do it. Right. And it's the same argument that could, that we've been saying about the women's game. It's nothing about the women playing the game or what, or what they're trying to do. But if you don't have they're the right. eyeballs, you can't expect not only people to invest and fund what you're trying to do, but you also can't expect, um, the payout you can't expect the equal pay you can't expect all no. these things so the the revenue drives it and if you don't have the eyeballs you can't expect these things to happen no and and i i re- totally respect the um the commitment that the women have to the game uh and the commitment that people like the the community of quebec city uh you know the the commitment aside for on the on the women's game side the, the cycle that has to be started, and it's a it's very much a, a self-feeding cycle, 
you got to have fan interest, which creates advertising interest, television interest, board ads, etc. And the more publicity you get from all that, the more fans you get. So that cycle just goes round and round and round. And it has to start someplace. Unfortunately, as we learned from the WHA and from a lot of failed franchises in the NHL many years ago, it sometimes takes three or four owners to go broke before you finally hit pay dirt. And until that happens with the women's game where people are willing to say, I've got billions of dollars, I'm willing to sink a few hundred million into these franchises, uh, my franchise in my city, and then you've got a handful of guys willing to do that, then you've got a situation that is sustainable because they can bankroll that thing until it becomes television popular, until there's a lot of people in the seats. On the NHL uh, expansion, I think, is over, like you said. I I agree with you 100%. There's probably not going to be anybody moving, as far as we can see, for maybe ever, for a long time, certainly, because of revenue sharing. So the Floridas, Florida gets 25, 30 million a year. Phoenix gets 25, 30 million a year. A lot of these places that they, they're they outdrawn by places like the London Knights, they just, the, the, the league-wide, you know, the, the NHL feeds itself and then writes them a check every year to keep them afloat. It's kind of good for stability in a way. It's good for business, but it, it's really tough if you're a fan in a place like Winnipeg years ago or in Quebec right now to sit here and go, my gosh, we've got the infrastructure, we got the building, we got the fan base. We could put more people, we could put more people in line for season tickets at any given on any given day than what you draw in a week in Florida. And that's that's tough for them to take. But it the is. NHL knows what it's doing. Yeah, it does. And the one thing I'll say about that and we'll transition because clearly we've also tra- very, very quickly <laughs> transitioned from, from John's question of Milwaukee. But um, the one thing I—so w- I hope we at least answered that f- for him. Um, but the one thing I will say that's good about um, places like a Florida or an Arizona is that it grows the game. It creates yes. opportunities. It grows the game so the, so the game can have a new generation of, of young players right. beyond—, beyond your towns in Canada or your typical hockey towns, it grows the game and it creates the opportunities, which apparently, which supposedly is what people want for not only your, your minorities, but also for, for people that want to play hockey, have seen glimpses of it, but haven't had access to it. And now an NHL team comes in. It's a, it's guys for these kids to look up to in their own hometown and and thus arenas are built as a result, practice arenas and things. So now kids can go out and public skate and right. do these things and actually experience the game within their own community. So it grows the game. And so from that perspective, I can see why they keep funding Florida or Arizona. I yeah, I you're that's a good point. And from growing up in Colorado, you know that after a generation of having the Avalanche there since 1995, now you've got guys that are even second generation minor hockey players that grew up. You've got a bunch of retired guys in the area from the show from that played in the avalanche with the avalanche and then retired there. 
So you've got those guys becoming the the coaching staffs, the places that that, uh, that they not only raise young players, but they help grow the game themselves. They give back to the game. Dallas Stars are maybe the best example of all the uh, the ownership and the, the commitment to the community. What did they build there? Like they partnered with Dr. Pepper and built 15 rinks in the Dallas area over the last 20 years. Yep. That's how you grow the game. And, you know, it is $30 million a year times 20 years is a lot of money to pour into Phoenix just to get Austin Matthews out of the area. But I get it. It, it's, it grows the game. And, and really, in a backward sort of contrast, you don't need to sell the game in Quebec. You don't need to sell the game in Regina as much as it hurts me to say that. Uh, the city that rhymes with fun. Yes. <laughs> but the, you do need to sell it and expand. The, the game doesn't expand if you are in Regina or Quebec City or Hamilton, Ontario. It does grow if you're in Miami or Phoenix or well, it's Dallas. Like, it's like anything else. You step out of your comfort zone. Right. You're not, you yourself are not going to expand if you just conduct business with people that, that you know likes your business. So you step out and do, you know, for, you know, Quebec, you know Hamilton, you know Regina, you know these places yep. love hockey. You know the Minnesotas love hockey. You know Wisconsin loves hockey. You know these things. Yep. It has the, you know, University Division One. It has the Milwaukee Admirals. It has these places. You know these things. You know they love the game, small town or not. What you want is you want to grow the game and create the opportunities in places that haven't really seen the game. Yep. And that, that's the growth. I really like my comfort zone, though. I don't care to step outside my comfort zone. That's why it's called a comfort zone. That's yes. where I'm going to stay. So I'll just stick with that. And speaking of expansion and going, you know, going to new areas, what are, your, what are your first reactions to the Seattle franchise being kind of unveiled here recently? I like it. I, it's, I, I, you know. it's about time somebody named a franchise instead of some fearsome critter that they named a franchise after a really good dark rum. Well, it's not just, well, m- based on mythology, the Kraken is a fearsome creature. It's yes. this big giant thing that engulfs ships. And th- I mean, it's a, so, and, and from, and Seattle being on the Pacific Coast area in that, in yeah. that area. Um, there's a maritime aspect, so I get it. I also did listen to a thing last night, actually, that actually made a lot of sense. Unfortunately, what you're going to see, too, in today's world is names like the Kraken, because what you're going to see is is you you either got to remove mascots and just stick to, like, jersey numbers (laughs) because of the the social aspect, or you got to go the route of these things that you could never, ever question. And so, and I listened to a guy. He said it. Per, he said it great. He said you got to go the way the route that nobody could ever pick apart for being racist, oh. and you got to do it in a way. You got to do it in a way where the fans are the ones that voted on it. So they did a poll, and the the fans listed the Kraken amongst other names. And so now, God forbid, twenty years from now, anybody decides to say, "Well, how dare you?" Now they can say, "Well, you voted on it. You wanted it, yeah. right?" So, and that based on the name. People might scoff at the name a little bit, but based on the name, it's the type of name you're going to see for any new team in any sport that comes in, or a team that decides, like the Redskins, we're going to change our name. It's 
it does that. So, and we're not going to go down that rabbit hole, no. but I'm just saying. They, so, the, fortunately, the microphone doesn't pick up my eye twitching no. right now. <laughs> but anyways, um, no, I like it. It's um, so it, it'll be good. It'll be good for the area. Um, I object it, to. I, I'm okay with Kraken. I will, as long as I live, it will be climate hoax arena that they play in. So I'm done with that, too. Uh, The arena seems like a nice arena. The name, no. Oh, my God. But the arena arena seems like a unique arena, right? Being sat in, right? You go down instead of all that stuff and very... You know, and all, all this and they spent for the a area. fortune remodeling that place. Oh yeah. my goodness! But yeah, Climate Scam Arena will be the uh, that's that's the deal for me. Uh, based on the realities of that franchise, I think Ronnie Francis is a is a great place to start. They have, as you said, and we should probably pull out a few ideas of uh, who you think might be available in that draft. And I and we are as usual. We're totally unprepared. Well, well, I am anyway. What we'll do, here we go, what we're we're gonna do, um, for our own preparation purposes, um, as well as anything else, what we're gonna do, we're gonna plug our social media, we're gonna uh, give the listeners a breather, because this is a 20 minute intro. And we're gonna, um, and then we're gonna come, we're gonna come back, and we're gonna, we're gonna come back with with a list of a few names, of the free agents and things going into next season. Right. And, and then we and then we can have a discussion because it is and, and we'll we'll give you a little preview because of the flat cap it, it creates an interesting dynamic different than what you saw with Vegas. Yeah. of who's going to be made available, who's going to be unprotected by their current teams in the expansion draft and it creates an interesting thing because of the flat cap. Because the cap didn't go up this year due to COVID, all these things, and there's a several, a few years now where where the cap's going to stay the same because of it, and as a result of that, it's going to create some interesting names to the point where I wouldn't, don't be shocked come expansion draft time when you see maybe a big name guy all of a sudden selected by Seattle in the expansion draft. Right. So I, I agree with you 100 percent on so, that. We're going to um, see some surprises. Episode 62 of Warm the Hockey Podcast. Um, make sure you head to Facebook and Instagram, Warm the Hockey Podcast at Warm the Hockey Podcast respectively. Make sure you head to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You subscribe, leave a rating and a review. Make sure you share, help us grow, engage with us like a friend of the show, John Leahy. Do all these things. Uh, we greatly appreciate the questions, the comments, anything like that. Uh, we've always said it. We always love um, positive feedback, and we always love the opportunity to ignore negative feedback. Um, so make sure you engage with us and do all that, um, and settle in, uh, grab your Depending on what time of day you're listening to this or how you're listening to it, grab a coffee, grab anything, settle in, and enjoy uh, hopefully a fun discussion about uh, the Seattle Kraken and the expansion draft for their inaugural season coming 21-22. So episode 62, Warm the Hockey Podcast.
the Hockey Podcast, episode 62. We um, Yesterday we saw the press conference introduction on social media of the Seattle Kraken, uh, their logo, the name, everything like that. Um, and then you start to sit back, and here's where um, the content for this week's episode comes in. You start to sit back and um, realize that given the situation given the flat cap that not only will encompass next year, but um, the next couple of years as a result with percentages deferred and different things like that, um, it does create the interesting topic of conversation surrounding the type of players that will be made available come expansion draft time uh, for Seattle. Um, there's a number of names in looking at the free agent list um, and obviously a number of these names could c- immediately be to disappear as they sign extensions or anything like that. But as of this moment, uh, the list is quite interesting. Uh, guys like Ovechkin, although we can say he's going <laughs> to, he'll resign and finish in Washington. Well, in, um, in the case of, sorry, but in the case of a guy like Ovechkin, if the, I'm, I'm guessing without looking it up that he's got an ironclad no move clause. Oh, probably. So... Those guys are exempt as are entry level contracts. Yep. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist, yeah. given the goaltending situation in New York, uh, despite his age, is he a guy that can step in and be a leader and be your all star goaltender a la Marc Andre Fleury in Vegas? Um, Ryan Getzlaff, David Krejci, uh, Tuka Rask, even um, Paul Stasny. Um, there's Alexander Steen. Uh, Jaden Schwartz, those two guys in St. Louis, which depending on what they do with Petrangelo this year, um, it'll go a long way to see what they do with those guys. Um, Travis Ajak, uh, Mark Stahl. He was Stahl, the first one I wrote down. Mark Zajac. Stahl, um, Nick Foligno, these guys um, going through. Uh, Gabe Landeskog is even a lit free agent come uh, come that year. Um Although I will, I will say it's likely he gets extended in Colorado. He, he's not going anywhere. He's their captain. He's their leader. He's he's he uh, he'll there. get a he'll get an extension in Colorado. Uh, that's obviously not a guarantee because we just can't necessarily predict those things. Yes, but, we can. We said it, so it's true. But objectivity and common sense dictates that some of these guys will get extensions, and Landeskog in Colorado is one of them. Um, but his name is on the list. Uh, we're, we're always right because of our objectivity and our common sense. Just keep that in mind. Quit trying to be humble. Dougie Hamilton. Um, yeah, on the move again, maybe. The teams, uh, the teams that are going to be uh, at the biggest advantage. Well, Vegas throw out Vegas because they don't; they're exempt for some odd reason. But the teams that have a lot of entry level contracts are going to be at advantage. You're going to see teams, as you said, trying to dump salary, making some of the high priced guys that that they're unable to resign. Uh, they're going to let have to let them go. If you're losing a guy to UFA anyway. I don't know why you would make. I guess you would just make him available in the expansion draft because you, if you're not going to sign him and you can't trade him before the deadline, what choice do you have? So Nick Bukestad is on the list. Uh, Brendan Gallagher's on the list. Um, Andrew Cogliano, um, Casey Zizekas. Um, it's there. Regardless of how it's done. Don't they're going to be a really good team immediately? Yep. yep. 
but it'll it'll be it'll be interesting. Um, I see Lundqvist being a goaltender that's taken. Um, I don't think Hank is going anywhere. I think don't he, think so. He takes his, he he pockets all the 130 million bucks he's made or whatever he's done in his career, and he doesn't leave Manhattan. I don't know. Just a hunch. Just a hunch. He's just um, such a New York kind of guy. All of a sudden, right? Like he's he's not going anywhere. Yeah. But prediction wise. Um, though, um, to, to discuss prediction wise, um, build Seattle's first starting lineup. Um, given the, uh, depending on his age, I'll give you maybe Henrik Lundqvist resigns, but just out of prediction based on the goaltending situation, um, I'll say Lundqvist is your guy in net for Seattle in their, to start their inaugural season. Um, give me, um, Mark Stahl, um, probably Dougie Hamilton on the back end. Um, give me Jaden Schwartz, uh, Paul Stasny, and maybe even a maybe even a David Krejci up front. Yeah, that's you know what that makes a lot of sense. Those, those those are six guys. Those five or six guys there. That's my prediction. Just on um, David Krejci is kind of a guy cap wise. He's a right now he's seven point two million. Yeah, um, he's a big hit. All these things. Boston is on the tail end of things, um, depending on how they structure it, where they might have to go through a bit of a rebuild after Chara, uh, Marshand on the tail end of his, uh, on the other side of thirty. Um, getting to the home stretch of his career, uh, David Krejci, all these guys. Um, so I see David Krejci being a guy you kind of leave unprotected uh, to be able to, to sign your um, a new prospect coming yep. in. Um, Paul Stasny is a, a good center iceman. Um, if Vegas does it right, Cody Glass can step in. So Paul right. Stasny becomes uh, the way he was in Colorado. He becomes... Unfortunately, I love Paul Stasny, but he becomes expendable, and he can be your veteran um, quality center iceman to start a season for Seattle. I see him. Um, and then Dougie Hamilton, I see just because he struggles to, f- to fit in the lineup most places anyway. Um, and Jaden Schwartz is the guy for me. Um, Steen has built himself a legacy into St. Louis. Um, I think he stays even on a haircut. Um, Jaden Schwartz, depending on what they do with uh, Petrangelo, um, will be either re-signed and then left unprotected cap-wise, if not traded before then. But he is my uh, my guy out of St. Louis that gets gets selected. So to me, those are your those are your five guys. And it's hard for me, as much as hometown this and finishing career that, <laughs> it's hard for me to say Lundqvist, with his competitive nature. Um, stays in New York given the goaltending situation. Um, competitive wise, I see him still having and having fuel in the tank and wanting to wanting to still do something. And uh, given the goaltending situation, I don't think he's the guy anymore in New York. No, and they, so um, to start out kind of like Flurry in Vegas, I see Lundqvist being kind of your your go to in, in Seattle. I might, but I might opt for a guy like Qdoban in Dallas because he'll be up for as a for, starter or as a backup. Well, to be uh, to be taken in the draft. 
to be taken. To be, yeah, because he's going to be costly. Dallas doesn't have the space. Uh, they've got Bishop tied up for a really long time. And of, of the really good goaltenders that have a pretty good body of work that are going to be available, he or maybe one of the uh, maybe one of the Pittsburgh goaltenders. I mean, they've got a they've had a three-headed monster there for a while. So what happens, you know, what happens in Pittsburgh? But but it makes sense. Guys like Krejci and and uh, Schwartz, perfect examples of guys who would probably be on the move. I think the the Pittsburgh situation makes sense. That again will depend. Um, there's rumors circulating that um, Pavel Francouz in Colorado is a prime target for a ba- as a backup in Vegas and as a trade target um, so if you move him and depending on what you do with uh, in Colorado with a guy like Adam Werner or the rookie they just signed uh, Justice the the European guy they just the goaltender they just signed to the, his ELC uh, depending on what they do with those guys um, do you then turn around and make a deal with Pittsburgh to bring in a Murray as a, as a guy in Colorado because that rumor has been circulating uh, so the point is, depending on what they do in regards to trades or that type of stuff with those rumors, um, that'll affect the goaltending situation with Pittsburgh and who they leave unprotected or what the case may be. So again, kind of like I said before we hit record again, um, this is I love talking about this. It creates good d- discussion, but it is um, it is speculation until we see how how negotiations and contracts start start falling into place in the next year or so so even if you are sitting in the gm's office and you're you're the staff sitting there trying to make the right guys available or you're the guys themselves trying to decide if you want to waive your no trade or your no move clause uh the the amount of moving parts there based on age salary hit contract status have we won is the team headed up or down like where do I fit in? Where do I want to be? Where does my my family? Most of these guys are going to be in from their mid twenties, you know, between twenty five and thirty five. Even where do they want to go? Vegas was a real popular destination for guys, so there were a lot of guys that just said sure, you know, like Mark Andre Fleury. I, I'm fine. I'll waive it. I'll, I'll go there. So it it there are just there are no there's end of, to the amount a lot of, of considerations moving, moving pieces, a lot of who do you have coming up in your pipeline that you can replace this guy with make him available because we've got a kid right behind him it's, there's so many things that can affect it there is um pipelines are, are a key um colorado's a team that has a tremendous pipeline um boston not so much um toronto there's teams that um there's teams that need a little work building their pipeline and there's teams that have a tremendous pipeline. Um, so it, it could be interesting. Like a team like Colorado, um, I'll, I'll pull it up here. Um, let me just interject while you're, while you're digging. I'm going to play a hunch on Tyson Berry. He's unrestricted this year. He's from Vancouver. He, you know, so Seattle's an hour and a half away. He's probably not I, – I don't look for him to get anybody to sign him to a huge long-term deal. He might sign a, a bridge deal someplace and be made available to go to Seattle. So, And he'd be a really good piece in a place where he would probably really like to play. So 
Just a hunch. But it uh, uh, depends on who you leave unprotected. But uh, based on free agents in Colorado, Landeskog, Ian Cole, Grubauer, Calvert, Belmar, um, and Dan Renouf, who's a, a depth guy in the AHL, those are your free agents come expansion time. Those are your free agents next year. Not a lot of big names. Um, depending on what you do, you could let you, know, you could leave Ian Cole unprotected if you. Cole's gone. Based on what you do, Good he could guy, be, but he's he could gone. be a, a veteran leader in Seattle, uh, things like that. But the right. point is, you got guy. The point is, in Colorado, you got guys that can step in and now, um, and now be Phil Ian Cole's position, right? You got a Byram, you got a Timmins, you've yeah, got you got guys that can do that. So you can so big name or not, you can leave an Ian Cole unprotected. Absolutely, and and. I know and know that you got a spot to fill in, and depending on what you do with your goaltender situation, you could even do the same with Philip Grubauer. Right, right, and depending and on, depending on Werner or um, and I really shouldn't be talking about it without knowing his name fully. But his first name is Justice. This uh, new guy they just drafted this past year, uh, they just signed. They're high on him. Uh, depending on what they do, what he does, and what they do with him. You got you got somebody to step in and fill the shoes of Grubauer if if he's unprotected. So there's the point is with a proper pipeline, there's guys that can step in and fill in. Um, not every team will have that, so it'll be interesting to see. But um, but I, the point is, I think Seattle I think Seattle's in a position to be either at the same level, if not even better, than Vegas was. Yeah, they're going to have every opportunity. Now you said the kid's name was Justus. Is it Rufus? Rufus Leaking? Is that the guy? <laughs> so funny. Um, let me. I'll look it up here. The beauty of technology and computers at our fingertips. So, <laughs> Justus Anunin. Ah. So they just drafted him. They're real high on him. Um, incredibly high on him. He's very talented. Um, so that's They've signed him to a three-year entry-level contract through 22-23. Um, he posted a 15-5-3 record in 23 games um, in Finland's top professional league, um, ranking among all goaltenders and ranking first among all goaltenders in save percentage and goals against. He's six foot four, 210 pounds. Um, How old is he? Let's say. Uh, let's see. Let's see. 18. 18? He, well, let's see. Um, Justus. Um, pull it up. Justus Anunin. What he you, is 20, sorry. Okay. Nonetheless, wow. 20, 6'4", 210 pounds. He's... Um, what are you yeah. doing in what are they going to do in Tampa? This is a this is going to be an interesting couple of months for Tampa. Are you talking cap wise? Yeah, with, cap wise, with, with um, free agent. They're, wise. Well, they're, they're they're a team that in regards to the Seattle discussion and all this stuff, they're a team that is uh, up against it with the flat cap now. Right. Right. Now, yeah. now a team that, you know, yeah, you've got decisions to make just given the situation now you got a team that really is now it's urgent for them to do something because they're in they're in desperation mode with the cap 
and oh, they're so flat. They're so top heavy on talent that you know you got McDonough and Hedman on the back that aren't going anywhere. Probably a guy like Shattenkirk would be the odd man out. Mm-hmm. Um, on the back or, end, yeah. Or you know at least Shattenkirk on defense, if not Bogosian as well. Guys like up, on the up front, guys like Klorn. Uh, depending on if I think he's a free agent this year, though. Um, but uh, guys like Kalorn, um, they've got Kalorn for four, three more years. Uh, Kalorn, Tyler Johnson, um, Palat, the, Palat. These guys are because you know Kucherov isn't going anywhere. You know, no. obviously Stamkos. You know, um, Braden Point isn't going anywhere. You know these things. So it it's a situation where it might be a tough pill to swallow for fans in the Tampa area, but. Guys like Johnson, Palat, Kalorn, these guys are, yeah. need to be considered as options to clear out. And those are tremendous hockey players. And so that goes to the point of um, that I was making before we, we jumped on today is the quality of players. And it's nothing. And it's clearly based on what they've done in Vegas. It's nothing against a Marcia So or a William Carlson and when what they've been able to do. But or their level of play, but the level of player for Seattle, just simply based on the flat cap and this and the current situation with COVID, is that's going to be made available is tremendous, huge, and I don't know I don't know a single person based on what they've done in Tampa that wouldn't want a Kalorn or even a Palat or somebody in their lineup, and for them to potentially be made available cap wise or whatever else. For the expansion draft, if I'm Ron Francis, I'm salivating at guys like that. Oh, sure. Right. You're so have a, you could easily pick up guys like Shattenkirk or, you know, and, and um, the, the five that you mentioned, perfectly good guys, Andre Palat, uh, Tyson Berry. I mean, there, there's, there's going to be a lot to pick from out there and they're going to be good players. I didn't realize Sean Day was in Tampa. Did you? He just signed. Yeah. Just signed him the, actually the last week, I think. I think um, he peaked at 14. Well, but. that's that's the interesting thing. This contract, and then I think the article said Tampa's taking, or is giving Sean Day one more one shot. One last shot. Uh, so they signed him, and so we'll see what he can do. Yeah. But um, but that's the other thing, too, when you look at it. You look at, um, with you also have to look at the expansion draft in opportunities, too, on the basis of who's made unprotect, who's made available, um, on the basis of look at the trade between Tampa and New Jersey where Nolan Foot was moved. Right. And now Nolan Foot in New Jersey is going to have, if not this coming year, then the year after, the opportunity to step in with Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer and get quality ice time and develop that he wouldn't get in Tampa. So you got to look at these situations come expansion draft of guys in the same position. Right, maybe a Cal foot in Tampa, maybe right. a, you know, pick a pick a guy in a lineup or in a, in an organization that has the ability, but just based on depth hasn't seen the light of day. Like and now, Marcia so like Marcia so or even William Vegas, Carlson and Bill Carlson, Col- yeah. yeah, right. So absolutely, you, you know, look look at it. Do at that point, does Colorado make AJ Greer available? Right. Let let AJ Greer be a, a big power forward in Seattle and see if see if finally getting ice time opportunities in Seattle that he's not getting in Colorado simply because of depth. See if that launches his NHL career in a way that he hasn't really been hasn't really had in in Colorado. Totally. So yeah. it, it's it, it's beyond just the big name guys like a like a Krejci or a, a Lundqvist or anything like that. It's also guys that you know 
a general manager looks at and goes, you know what? It's a shame we haven't been able to give you an opportunity. So unprotected, here you go. If they take you, we wish you the best of luck. Right. Thank you for everything you've done. Now go, now go tear it up and, and at least get an opportunity to have the ice time in Seattle that they wouldn't have otherwise. So yeah, that's, that's definitely a factor. Absolutely a factor. So, because it's the same argument you had with a Marsha. So he was at well, one, one, he's a guy in Florida, but even still, he wasn't really the, the getting the same opportunities. You, he's made available here, go, go do your thing. How he flourished. And he goes to Vegas and now he's your, your on your top line right. and he's one of your leading scorers and he's your Lighten leader. And he's, I mean, so he's, it's. It's opportunity. It is opportunity. And that's definitely a factor. So come expansion draft time, look for not only bigger name guys due to the flat uh, salary cap, but also guys that um, are looking to break free from, from the system, from uh, the pipeline and create opportunity somewhere else. Correct. Um, So uh, definitely look for that. Are there specific names that you, you see and looking at things that, you definitely see. You mentioned Travis Zajac. I, yeah, uh, that Zajac. you definitely see being a Seattle guy. Yep. I, there are there are some guys that are big hits, big cap hits, maybe questionable results. You know, questionable production for the va- for the amount of money that they are likely to get, like Tyson Berry, um, like Jaden Swartz, who are prime targets. Not only it's not just who teams are going to make available. It's who does Seattle want? So when they go to build that roster, like McPhee did in Vegas, it's taking the right kind of guys and taking guys that you can play with for a year or two and then turn them into something or trade them into at the deadline in the first year, trade them in for more assets. And he's also got the advantage, like we talked about right at the beginning of when we started to do this podcast, He's got the advantage, Ronnie Francis got the advantage in Seattle of taking taking a, a second round draft pick to leave this particular guy alone. So if you are if you were Anaheim and you had Fowler and Montour and Manson and and some depth on defense and you couldn't protect them all, you give you give George McPhee a second round pick to not take Josh Manson from you or whatever happened behind the curtain there. So that's how uh, Vegas and Seattle both can come out of the expansion draft with a truckload of, of future picks and stay good for a really long time. Because if I, you know, if I tell you, yeah, I look at your unprotected list and I say, uh, yeah, I'm going to come and get Burakovsky. And you say, what, what will it take to leave him alone? What will it take to take A.J. Greer instead of Burakovsky? And I'd say, well, you know, give me a a second or a third and a conditional or something. And so that's going to happen all day long before the draft. Yeah. The trade draft is is confusing, though, um, especially now that time's been removed and we haven't been immersed in it. Um, When 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 trades like that, would would they take would they trade A.J. Greer with the draft pick? And that's your selection. Or would they take the draft? Would they take the trade and then still get to select AJ Greer, for example? Would they still get to make their selection even with the trade, or would the trade encompass a guy like AJ Greer, for example, and then there that's that's it? 
I don't know. See, I can't I, answer I, that. I knew the answer at the the Vegas time, and now I'm I've yeah, it's completely I, escaped my mind. I remember that I remember it well, and now I I'm not I'm not drawing straight on it either. So what we'll do is we'll do the homework on that, and maybe come back next week and 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 answer it. But homework. <laughs> come on. Um, but uh, and here's the here's the deal too. We we didn't touch on it. Um, so it's no longer news to anybody that follows hockey, but, um, new AHL team in Henderson, Vegas, put a team, uh, their AHL franchise in Henderson, Nevada. Um, is it, so that this brings up a good point. We, we talked about this a, a couple months ago when Seattle announced that they were going to put their, their AHL affiliate in what Palm, Palm Springs. Springs. <laughs> and that's, that's not, that's not, that's fact that's, a, that's I know not speculation that, I know but it's laughable but like apparently the building on Mars wasn't quite ready yet so they had to put them in Palm Springs why would you like years ago San Antonio was the was the club for Colorado, Colorado. they moved them up the road to Erie or, or Longmont or wherever they are so why would you have it so that your your emergency call up after a couple of injuries has to get on a plane and fly nine hours someplace and connect when you could have them an hour and 15 minutes away by car. Like the, why your affiliate isn't nearby, like Ontario in, in LA and the Marley's in Toronto and everybody like, what are you thinking? Putting your team in Palm Springs. Well, I think they're starting to, um, with the Eagles in Colorado. Um, I think they're starting to, um, to transition in the, at least in the area, everybody does. It um, now. I think yes. now, um, which is why, which is why Palm Springs. First of all, in the same aspect of any expansion or relocation, I guarantee you Palm Springs put in a bid to have it. And second of all, um, where where first of all, so you're basing it off of who who asked, who, right. who wanted it, but also where else where else would you put it that it doesn't already have. A, a hockey market for somebody for somebody else I, um there's areas in oregon or washington that already have whl franchises right and already you know and things like that so you put it in and i and i i ag- actually agree that palm springs a little is a little ridiculous as a hockey place even more so than you than i think you could even say arizona for example but um i think it lets i think it it still gives puts them in at least proximity, right? I, that you that you probably can't have because of things like the Seattle or Spokane WHL franchises or the um, Portland fran- WHL franchise or Everett or anything like that. So uh, there's got to be, and they're not known to step on toes either, right? The no, NHL of franchises that already exist or this or that. So if they can't work in tandem with with somebody they'll then put it somewhere else to not step on the the toes of their business right and how they do things so um it would seem to me like a place like bellingham or someplace nearby would be uh would be a really good you know i don't i don't know anything about the size of the buildings there but i know there are a handful of rinks in the area that that would have to be available that would not encroach on the rights of the whl but i know they're i know they're heading that way um, I know St. Louis and Vegas actually shared San Antonio this past year, past year or two. I believe I believe they shared San Antonio, um, and now Henderson steps in, so now San Antonio can be um, with St. Louis. Um, the Chicago, I think the Chicago Wolves are with the Blackhawks, I believe, 
or, or no, the Wolves are with St. Louis, I believe. Yeah. Um, but the point is, I think what you're going to start to see is, is you're trending in the direction to where I think you're, I think before long you're going to see the Chicago Wolves be with the Blackhawks. You're going to see. Um, yeah, you're you're going to see gonna start to see AHL affiliate right close down the in street. with each other. Yeah. Maybe not in the same state, but at least in the same area, right in the same region. So you're right down the highway, even if it's across state lines. And I think you're going to start to see that. It's a trend that um, already existed, but it's a trend that is definitely heading that way. With and it with with the Eagles stepping in for Colorado. And well, things yeah, like and that. So you flyers, combine, I mean, you just go down the that, list. Yeah. There's one Bridgeport for the Islanders. It, right down the list, there's very few left that are that are still a, a long plane ride away from the NHL club. Hershey Bears with Washington. Right. Um, Syracuse is is different. They're yeah. they're with Tampa, yeah, um, and yeah. they're Syracuse, That's, New York. But um, but you're right. There's very few now. There's there's Syracuse with Tampa. There's the Chicago-San Antonio aspect with the St. Louis and the Blackhawks, um, Milwaukee and Nashville, these you know yep. these types of things. Um, Did you notice? That's about it, I think. I think Wilkes-Barre is with Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Lehigh Valley with Philly. Providence and Boston. Providence and Boston. Bridgeport yeah. with the Islanders. Um, Rochester with uh, the Rangers. Detroit and Grand Rapids. Detroit and Grand Rapids. Um, San Diego and... And the... And Anaheim, San Jose, and San Jose, and all this stuff. So I think you're starting Ontario and LA, Colorado and Colorado. So you're starting to see it. And I think before long, you're going to start, you'll be able to look at it and go, every team now has an AHL affiliate at least 20 minutes down the road, if not two hours. And so I think you're going to start to see that. Yep. Definitely. Um, Did you notice, have you noticed uh, earlier that I paid a, a great compliment to Gary Bettman? Yes. And that means that in the last few episodes, I've complimented in my, along my my journey of introspection and self-discovery. I've complimented Bettman, Nylander, and Vinny Henestrosa. Yeah. I mean, think about this. This is a whole new me we're talking about here. Absolutely. If I start... You know, if I start drinking like Stella Artois beer or something, <laughs> I'm gonna, there's going to be a real revolt. Uh, you've already started the trend over the past few years drinking white wine and eating vegetables <laughs> for, for supper. So, <laughs> you know. Well, that's just because I'm a bit of a renaissance man. I'm, I'm expanding that comfort zone. My, my horizon is very, very broad. Yes. So anyways, um, brief discussion. John, I hope we answered your question about Milwaukee. Um, touched on and speculated on at least a few names in regards to the Seattle expansion draft, um, amongst other things. A welcome to this to Seattle into the league officially, um, and yeah. So this coming week, uh, they are officially traveling to their hub cities. Uh, they got to start this, to play. They got now. this final week here of, of camp, and then they're f- flying to Toronto and Edmonton, and they're they're. Um, to start the playing round at the end of July and really get into it. So looking forward to that. Um, yeah. And then looking forward to a, a, a busy couple of months. Um, Definitely. It's going to be new member to the family in November. Um, <laughs> hockey, hockey f- playoffs finishing in October and then right into the new season, just a couple weeks after that with free agency and everything quick turnaround. So very exciting time. Um, can you believe we're already all, also, too, almost to 
Thanksgiving and Christmas already. Oh, jeez, don't bring that stuff up. This has been a crazy year, but we're already almost to that, getting to that point before before you know it. I mean, for crying out loud, downtown here where where we are is decorated like Christmas for this for filming that movie that they're doing. Oh, so. is that? Is that happening? Because they came into the pub. Yep. They came they're into doing, Breakaway. Are they yeah. actually doing that? Were you down at the... You were downtown this morning, right? Yeah. Did you see all the lights and everything? that they're no. ha- Christmas lights and everything they're hanging? Oh, I didn't pay any attention. They're, they're, it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, and it's a Hallmark. It's a Hallmark Christmas movie. And right. it takes place... Um, where did Carly... Take, where did my wife say it takes place? New Mexico. It takes place in New Mexico. New Mexico. Really? And so they're... Um, so they're decorating downtown here. There's a New Mexico? <laughs> they're decorating downtown here for Christmas. And it's July. But they're decorating it for Christmas, to ma- I guess, to match the warmth and everything you'd get in the desert atmosphere in New Mexico. And so, so yeah. I don't know anything about the movie. You, I, could, you, were, were you, you were in there when I was, the guy I, came in. I was standing in. there when, I, when yeah. the guy came in, but I didn't know anything about the movie. So, but they're doing it. So, um, so yeah, in more ways than one, it's quickly turning into before we know it holiday season. Um, so, but yeah, a lot oh, to look forward to. I don't, um, I'm not, yeah, I was looking forward to a lot of things until you brought that up. Yeah. But the sooner we get to that time, the cooler the weather is. And now well, that's we're true. not miserable okay. in the heat. So, good perspective. So yeah, there you yeah, go. I'm good with that. Anyways, uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, I think it was a good episode this week. Um, make sure you head again to Facebook and Instagram, War Room the Hockey Podcast and at War Room the Hockey Podcast, respectively. Make sure you like and follow uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe, rate, review, and share. Engage with us. Uh, we always appreciate it. The listeners of the Driving Horse Pond, what we do, and we can't thank you enough for continuing to tune in. Uh, thank you for joining in studio this week. Tell your friends. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. All good. I love it. So anyways, uh, thank you all. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your week. Um, Get ready for for playoff hockey here starting in a few weeks. I'm Evan Rauer with Warm the Hockey Podcast, and I will see you all throughout the hockey community. Cheers. Cheers.